door when I started this call. This door was shut. Ooh. Um, and like my cat is very interested in whatever is going on all of a sudden. She has not been in this room for probably three days, but sat down to film something and she was like, hey, I'm around. I need to be on camera. <laughs> Those cats know when the party's about to start. Yeah. Well, my other one's just in bed and could care less. But my, my little chunky cat, she's she's like, all right, let's do this. You know, I, I hear you're filming. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as good cats should know, they should know when the fuck <laughs> down. So, Friday night, here we come. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I we, you know, I think the uh, whatever audience that we have should know that that we started off with a kind of a a test podcast, and I think the most fascinating thing that came out of that was was Amy's first introduction to brass band. Just blew me away. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, first time that you're ever gonna play in a brass band is gonna be with the Black Dyke Band. <laughs> yeah, baptism by fire, right? Yeah, for real. It's like, well, it can only go down from here. <laughs> well, I mean, I was I was set, uh, I was set to start with uh, Best of the Barn, uh, I think like the following week. But my best friend at the time texted me. I think it was like a Friday night or something. And he texted me and said uh, that Dave Thornton's at the bar and he he's looking for a euphonium to sub for Black Dyke. So I was already in bed, halfway asleep, hopped out of bed, got dressed, uh, went to the bar that happened to be like right across the, the street from the school and positioned myself right behind Dave Thornton as he was getting his drink. And he turned around and said something like, fancy seeing you here. And I'm thinking, yeah, fancy seeing me here. <laughs> and, he, and he said, oh, I uh, I need a euphonium player to sub uh, for Black Dyke. Can you make it? And I was like, yes, I can. <laughs> uh, so that, that was my first experience in a brass band. Uh, yeah. Like, like time. So mm -hmm. do you, did you, was it a situation where like, like, you're like acting like you're going to get a drink and like, oh, hey, you you're here. You are like, yeah, yeah, totally. I, I saw him getting a drink. So I just stood right behind him like I was waiting to get up to the bar and he turned around with his drink and was like, oh, hey, <laughs> did you eventually get it? Did you get a drink? I'm sure I did. I mean, it was like the dive. I mean, it was like the dive bar, you know, like across the street where all the students went. And yeah, I'm sure I got a drink. Because in those situation, in those situations, I always find it like, I I I could care less about what I drink. Like I am a kind of person who w I would love to go, you know, get a nice beverage of some sort. But also, I'll drink I'll drink a champagne of beers. Like it doesn't matter, right? But when I'm in one of those situations, I feel like I'm being judged. You know, necessarily like I, I, you're almost in like a pseudo job interview where you're like, all right, I gotta sub, so I gotta look good for in front of this person. So I gotta like make sure I get a beer that's like socially acceptable or a beverage that's socially acceptable. Um, and so like that, that would be the most intimidating part. I'm probably playing less for, in terms of my social anxiety. It would be more of just like presenting myself initially to get the job because I don't want him to be like, look at me and be like, he got a sour. I'm not going to ask. Him <laughs> I mean, I mean, he was already, he was already one of my professors. So, uh, we'd already spent, uh, some time together. Also, this is. This was a bar that served uh, liquor in in uh, fish bowls. 
so it wasn't uh, a really high class establishment to begin with. So <laughs> um, I don't know what drink. I'm sure I did not get a fishbowl, uh, but but I'm sure I did order something. And then I probably, to be honest, went back to bed because I was already I was already like halfway <laughs> asleep. Time, so you were five hours behind. <laughs> <laughs> somebody somebody listening to this was just is is now very irritated by that statement amy because they're like my dad's establishment sells fishbowl beverages and um i'll have you know uh, <laughs> the niche of the fishbowl beverage <laughs> the connoisseur of sorts of one course. might say yes what do you put in a fishbowl beverage typically fish oh beverage um I think it was it was some sort of I don't know I really it's always like it's always something like a blue Hawaiian yeah something yeah. where you can put fruit chunks in it or something like along those lines they yeah put it, gummy sharks in it and stuff probably I don't remember it was it was who knows how many years ago and to be honest I think that uh that bar uh is is now gone i checked it out last time i was in manchester and it's it's gone and it's so sad because it was the hangout there was like graffiti on the walls in the bathrooms about the last brass band competition and stuff and and a whole bunch of brass band banders would hang out at that bar after contests and stuff and alas it no longer exists well that's that that's not surprising considering they were resorting to filling up fish bowls to get rid of drinks <laughs> and they were relying on brass band actually well but never mind their sales are probably okay if they're relying on brass band people exactly exactly there's only so many seasons though do do i genuinely don't know do brass bands in the uk take off the summer like do they have a like a seasonal thing to kind of like orchestras do around here or do they kind of go year round uh they have they have the summer concerts and the and the park type stuff um and there's um there's whit friday um and so that's i think that's in the spring i forget uh it like just happened right whit friday's in june like early june usually and it bounces around for a couple of weekends like easter does depending on yeah, because it's, it's linked to Easter. Yeah, um, but mo I think most bands will mirror the school calendar as they do with most things. When there's a week holiday or a bank holiday, the bands are, bands are either off or taking that opportunity to tour. And a lot of bands are probably off in the month of August and get back together. Uh, at least the championship bands that are going to the British Open get back together to prepare for the Open two or three weeks or a week, couple weeks before the Open. And then that's that's the, the open and the the finals and then brass and concert. You're gonna be the, the three big ones that they take care of in September, October, and November. So August is probably the deadest month, from what I understand. So Amy, I saw that you just uh you you had a rehearsal. Yeah. Um uh Dublin Metro brass band invited me uh over for a rehearsal and uh they were very kind to invite me. Um and uh yeah, so we went, I went and uh one of my students, Emmett, went um and uh Emmett's gonna keep playing with the band. Uh it's probably like a like a maybe third section band um that yeah, Dublin that yeah, that Dublin um, is kind of under the Dublin, you know, like 
empire. I don't know. <laughs> they, have lots, they, have lots, they have the youth brass band camp. They have Dublin. There's, you know, just tons of stuff going on there. Band, the silver, the, the, the brass band, the Metro band. Yeah. They have a lot of, I think they even have a community band, a concert band too. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a dance troupe. If, if not, they should get one. <laughs> yeah. So we went and uh, I think my students going to keep playing with them. And it was really nice to, to kind of get to know some people in in my new area, I just moved to Columbus. So I'm trying to get out there and meet people. And it was a great opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. My, my band's been rehearsing, you know, essentially since the weather broke, it's the Triangle Brass Band. And uh, we, we're outside in a picnic shelter. Uh, so we have covering, um, but since, you know, for maybe a month and a half, we've been you know, we've been maybe, a, yeah, about a month or so we've been, we've been rehearsing. We had a good rehearsal this week that each week more and more people are comfortable showing up. So, you know, we're over the 20 player, maybe about 24 players, maybe 26 players showing up now. So, you know, it's, it's really cool to play every Wednesday night, you know, and we're going to work up a program and do a concert in June. I was going to ask, what are you working, like, what, um, what program are you working up? Well, I'm kind of, piecing together some things, you know, since we, we really have been, you know, not really seriously rehearsing in over a year. So I've kind of been approaching it with, let's just, I'll pick some stuff and let's play it and let's just keep the chops going and, and stuff that's manageable and not really pushing the band too hard. And now that we're kind of getting into it, I'm honing in on some things that are going to test the band, work on some things that we probably need to develop skill wise. Um, and put together an outdoor concert that would be a little bit entertaining. So right now we're doing the uh, the Dan Price American Tale. Um, we put a good amount of work on that this this week. Uh, we're doing Superman March. Um, doing uh, we did a, a video project of uh, Prismatic Light, and so we're going to play that live. Uh, and next week we're going to tear into Knight Templar, get a little bit more of a you know, face pounding, you know, and we've also, I, oh, we've also done Semper Fidelis. So it's kind of an, an eclectic program. And each week I'm going to throw in a couple more things and, um, you know, this kind of piece, it's going to be an eclectic program. It's not going to be a, a theme concert of any sort. It's just going to be stuff that you can get away with outdoors and, you know, just keeps the band playing and gets us building. But then we're going to, you know, we're going to take the summer off, you know, because the band usually doesn't rehearse in the summers here um so we so once we get through the through the june concert then we'll be dark again until you know late september or excuse me late august when we start up for the for the fall and hopefully we'll be back to normal at that point rehearsing indoors and you know preparing for the stuff we usually do um you know how many concerts do you normally play not many. When I first when I first started directing the band, we were doing like 14, 15 concerts a year. It was very busy. We weren't not, we were not rehearsing a lot, but we were doing a lot of concerts. And some of the concerts we would do twice. We would do like a, a Friday night in one part of the triangle and Saturday night in another part of the triangle or something like that. And it just got to be too busy of a schedule um, for the players in the band. So we've cut it down. We do one, two, three, four, five, four or five. That's that's about it. But one of but one of them is is you know we've tried to focus on going to Naba and developing the skill of the band by competition and getting back to the roots of brass banding and hitting some competitions every whenever we could you know manage that. So that takes January through mid April 
you know, as one long chunk where you don't have to worry about anything except the two pieces that you're working on for the competition. So that that takes a quite a bit of time where you're not really concertizing. So, you know, so what about Tampa? You guys are practicing too, right? Yeah, we got a concert in two weeks. We have our dress rehearsal Tuesday because we, we rehearse weekly. So it's just every Tuesday and I've, I've made the band to where like, I try my best, I tried my best when I'm making the schedule to like not mess up anybody's schedule if at all possible. So we are always Tuesday, seven to nine, always Tuesday, seven to nine concert. It's it starts at seven 30, your call time seven, right? <laughs> like it, it's always just, so it's the same thing, except one day you show up in black with crazy socks. Like that's, that's essentially what we do. Right. Um, so yeah, we have our address next is, time. What time is our concert? I hate that. What time at, is our concert? At, it's still three years. <laughs> we've done the same thing. Like every single time I'm like seven o'clock. It's just Tuesdays at seven's brass band time. Just put it in your calendar. Just know it. And I'll tell you when we're done. Right. And, uh, still get the question every single time. Not from subs. It's the subs typically know what they're doing. It's, it's the right. tenured guys who are like, Hey, when are we supposed to do the thing again? I'm like, Ryan, there's no Ryan in the band, but like Ryan, <laughs> yeah. my guy. Lay off the burritos, man. You, you, you like they're, they're messing up with your brain. Too many fish uh, bowls. <laughs> too many, too many fish bowls, man. Do you do your concerts um, on Tuesday night as well? Yeah, yeah. So everything stays on Tuesday. I mean, we we eventually want to become. You know, we're kind of looking at um at the the Pittsburgh band. What's their name? It's escaping me right now. The what? The the one in Pittsburgh is a river. River River City. River City. Yeah, and like kind of looking at their their because they I think they're a, a little bit of a like a per service group. Um, they kind of operate like a, a like a like a lower tier orchestra would operate kind of a thing. Yeah, and that's we're looking at that as a model for where we want to be in like a decade or two, and um and so eventually we would go into more, but we're just always Tuesdays. We come and we have so many Salvation Army people and so many band people that like we just gave up on summer, like they're just. Everybody's away on a Disney cruise because they are. Um, <laughs> it's just the way it is. But yeah, so yeah, we're getting we're getting ready. The I, I you know we're pushing the cornets a little bit because we're we're doing the Enter the Galaxies, which is probably the wiggliest thing they've ever seen. Um, <laughs> especially the trumpet fun. the trumpet players in the band. You know they're like, hold on. Yeah, <laughs> last, year, last year when I went over to the open, uh, the the gala concert was Black Dyke and Corey Band. Who came in first and second that year, and they did they did enter the galaxies combined. So the the cornet solo and the, you know Tom Hutchinson and uh, who's the principal of Black Dyke now, cornet. The name the name escapes me right now, um, but the two of them did it as a duet, and it sounded like it was just one player. Was, yeah, my my guys are like, I didn't practice the Arbin's arpeggio this way, like you know, <laughs> like that. Um, and then shine shine as the light is like the big like it's kind of them. We you know we it stinks because we were getting ready for enter the for year of the dragon um, for the concert that the pandemic took from all of us. Right. That's a great uh, pandemic tune, by the way. Yeah, let's work on that <laughs> during the pandemic. Well, yeah, you got all, all of a sudden our E flats have notes that they've never seen before. Just. You know, <laughs> they have that many stems. I've never saw that before, um, especially just, you know, and, and that's the thing is we have so many Salvation Army guys who, you know, are very used to the typical Salvation Army fair um, and they do great. And they're so used to the way bands sound. And then I've got a lot of people who like, you know, are fantastic players, but like Lincoln Charposi is the hardest thing they ever saw for their particular instrument. And so we've we've been kind of like grow. Everybody's great musicians, but it's, it's learning the genre 
has been our big thing and um and so uh this concert has been digging back into that and and re you know and we're we're also kind of we have an interim music director right now um and so you know feeling feeling things out and moving around and then the summer is going to be a fun time of reorganizing things because it seems like we should be able to get back to business in the fall like regularly back, back to business that's what that's fingers what crossed yeah that's what the yeah. hope is do you get to practice in a um in a school or a church or a community center like where are you where do you practice um so the salvation army of tampa has been really nice to us and they let us rehearse and perform there okay that's helpful because they didn't shut down at all during the pandemic did they the salvation army yeah they could i mean because they, they they provide so many services to the community that they were considered essential for the most part yeah. um is the 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 church services slowed down it's my understanding like they they had to limit the amount of people and they were cautioning like older people coming in and stuff like that um and so they went very very digital so i got to go go on the live chat and make fun of my buddies who were in the band during <laughs> church services and and make you know but i mean it looks like the the florida camp is happening the conservatory is happening here in florida yeah um so I'm, I'm excited too because my I've had students in my studio who all want to do it. They all want to you know go and be camp counselors because uh, they don't know any better. Um, and so hopefully they're going to get that opportunity this year. Well, camp counseling is the best, man. Yeah. When you're did, 20, I did, maybe. <laughs> I did that. At, yeah, when when you're that age, I did it when I was at, uh, in college and I was at uh, at Brevard Music Center. I was a counselor for a couple of years there. One of, one of the cool things when I was a counselor is Chris Martin was a student camper in my in my cabin. Really? <laughs> a little, little 16-year-old trumpet player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he probably wouldn't even remember that. <laughs> now, I was a camp counselor in like, like a church camp and uh, did one year like in the woods. And then I think I, and then I switched over and I did day camp traveled around the state, you know, different city each week, did homestays. It was kind of cool. What state was this in? I, I'm from Ohio. So this was, this was oh. in Ohio. So we traveled all over Ohio and then just like, you know, we stayed at different people's houses each week. And, uh, sometimes you're staying in like a little like motel and there's, there's some, that, you know, you're staying at some like huge house. And I've, I have a picture of me, um, practicing, uh, the, I think it was the spark concerto. Um, I was, I was barefoot in my PJs at this like truckers motel, uh, practicing euphonium using the, the brochure stand as, uh, as my, you know, as my, my music stand, I, I believe I had purple hair at the time too. Um, so it really is, it really is a great picture. And so whenever my students, uh, say that, you know, they're traveling or whatever, sorry, can't practice. I just dig out that photo. <laughs> like, yeah, yes, you yeah, can. Stop <laughs> tour. <laughs> there was there was a wonderful man i still remember he had some fantastic curry that his wife had made and we shared some curry because he said you know that he just loved being serenaded so the two of us just hung out that night it was great times That's really <laughs> in my pjs at the motel with the euphonium yeah. well, it's kind of the way i don't know you feel this way but i feel like like i did like i'm teaching brass methods right now right at the university of tampa and we had playing exams 
And you never know, you know, they're playing essential elements number 14. You know, they're not doing anything wild and crazy, kids. Right. And you never know how long that's going to take because, you know, a kid who normally plays trumpet who's puffing around on tuba, they're they're going to be okay. But, like, your vocalist who's, like, trying to hum while they play the trumpet at the same time, you're going to be in there for a little bit longer. And so, like, <laughs> I, I, I got back into the habit of, like, oh, I'm just going to practice for five minutes here while I wait for the next person and, like – I feel like a lot of really busy musicians, that's like what we have to do essentially is just like 15 minutes here is better than no minutes any other time, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have, I have two little kids. Uh, so my practice time ha happens when, when it happens sometimes and, and when it really needs to happen, you know, we hire a babysitter or something, you know, we get help so that I can practice, but like the normal everyday stuff, it happens when it happens. And I'm telling you, you get really efficient with your time <laughs> when your kid could wake up at any moment. <laughs> can you write that off? Babysitter for practice expenses. Yeah. No, oh, I haven't tried. Uh, but, uh, that's an interesting question. Are we all, we're all freelance, right? Can we talk about the fun thing of like being freelance of how you can like essentially manipulate anything to being a right, a tax writable, uh, you know, thing. I have <laughs> taken, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I have, I have, I'm doing a, a music and art um, series right now with the little kids online. And uh, we listen to a piece of music um and we create art you know it's inspired by that by that music so we listen to the the final um movement of mozart's uh jupiter symphony and we make like a watercolor with i we do like a stained glass watercolor uh with five colors um and so and like beethoven's fifth we have one painting that's stamping like bingo bingo stamper things and one that's smooth for like the first theme is dun 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 stomp 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 stomp, and then the other one is smooth watercolors. Um, so I I'm fully planning on taking my watercolors uh, off on my taxes for next year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Aaron, people might hear this. The NSA might be listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, I feel like right now they have bigger things to worry about <laughs> than, than my, my tuba playing, playing self. <laughs> they Amy, are you um, associated with Athena Brass Band? Um yeah. Uh we the the um board just decided um for Gettysburg um we're going to we're still going to play at Gettysburg but it's going to be chamber groups so it makes it easier for smaller groups to to rehearse and it made it so that people who wanted to go could go and people who didn't want to go you know um were kind of off the hook uh so yeah they're they're going to do that. Um, and so I, I, you know, I emailed back and said that I wanted to do that because I'll be fully vaccinated at that point. And we'll have, my parents are fully vaccinated so they can watch the kids when I, when I go. And, uh, they were actually, um, the big thing was Athena was asked to play at Midwest. Um, and obviously that last year was canceled. And so everyone was pretty disappointed um, but, uh, the group was asked back, uh, 
for this upcoming December. So yay. That's, That's, That's really good. exciting. Yeah. How, yeah. How does um in, in under normal circumstances, not necessarily the chamber music festival that you're gonna do this year, but under normal circumstances, how does the band generally function, rehearse, you know, put programs together, things like that? Uh Jessica Sneeringer is is like fantastic. Uh she she works uh Laura Leinberger is also doing a lot behind the scenes. Um, and they, they put together, you know, the program and then, um, they seem to, to contact section leaders and, and kind of say, you know, this is kind of what I was thinking for the section, but you know, like, cause the sections kind of changed here and there. Um, and so, uh, we get our music, um, in advance and we have very, very little rehearsal time. So when we played like, uh, what is it? Um, sparks dragon, 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 year of the dragon. There we go. When we played year of the dragon, we, we did like run through bot check, run through. Like a real gig. We're good to go. We're good to go. Like a real orchestra. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think at the last IWBC, um, we, we basically had enough time to do each piece, um, run through check, run through, and then some of the more difficult, um, transitions and stuff we went through and, and checked them a few more times. Um, so you get to, and that's pretty much it. At, so if you play at a conference, you're getting there, what, a day ahead of time and doing what, two, two hour rehearsals or, or what? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's about it. Um, so, I mean, the, the music is, is championship level stuff usually. And, uh, and so, you know, the, you just kind of, you, you got to come prepared. <laughs> yeah, Lord help you. If you don't practice your music ahead of time, Jess is going to come down on you like a ton of bricks, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> no, she's, <laughs> she's a wonderful person, but, but you know, like you have to have your stuff ready. Cause if you don't have it ready, you're not putting that together yeah. In in those four hours of rehearsal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, it's well, literally it's, like an all-star ensemble. Yeah. You know? it, like, it, it, it is. It's a who's who. It's I and I I'm so honored to be a part of it. It's a fantastic group. Uh and and playing with that group and just hearing the talent. I mean, it's just it's fantastic. Well, the thing that, that's most impressive about that band to me is that we know that when you form a brass band it takes a long time for it to sound like a brass band and to gel and get that. And, and, you know, you know, with a band that's essentially a pickup band that plays two, maybe three concerts a year and with four hours of rehearsal for each concert, it's hard to develop that cohesiveness as an ensemble that, that we expect of brass bands. And, you know, it's just a testament to the skill of the, of the conductor and the, the players in it where they can, you know, like pros, just pull it off like that and make it sound like such a wonderful product. So it's, you know, that, that's always been really impressive to me about Athena. Um, I don't know of many other groups that, that are figuring that model. Maybe Fountain City is a little, has transitioned to something a little bit like that late recently. Um, you know, not quite nearly to that extreme uh, but they do have a lot of players that come from from out of town, you know, so that so they're limited in their rehearsal time as well. But um, 
you know, most brass bands function on a regular basis. So it's yeah, I would say the only one that's probably close to what y'all are doing with Athena is probably like Battle Creek, I guess. Battle, I would assume. Battle Creek would, yeah, Battle Creek yeah. would be the only thing that I can think of. Yeah, um, you get your music what? How how early? Like, do they send you? Do they send you your parts snail mail or like through PDF like two months ahead of time or like a month ahead? Of time? Like, how long do you have to panic practice and get it ready? <laughs> I don't remember. So, so Jessica, uh, sends out, um, rehearsal notes. So like, she knows, like, she is going to look at this, 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 and this, you know, this transition is going to go like this. This is going to be this tempo. This is going to be this tempo. Watch out for this rhythm. She is like on it. Um, she's, she's actually second to only the only person who gave me more conductors notes was Tim Rainish, who we used to get like a email after rehearsal with like, boom, 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 boom. And we used to like crowd around the computer to like read his emails and like, oh, he said second clarinet. And we go and look at the second clarinet and look and see who messed something up. No, but, um, but Jessica has like the list of exactly, you know, she's anticipating all of the trouble spots and, and how she wants to do everything. So, you know, exactly how things are going to go. And so you can rehearse, uh, with really great efficiency, um, when we do get together uh so i i she we got our stuff well in advance um and uh i'm not gonna say anything but at the program that she that she ran by me as a possibility for midwest uh it's gonna be quite ambitious um so it'll be really exciting and uh a really great program and i can't wait to to start working on it you guys have to follow the one, two, three, four, five, six rule that they have at Midwest. Like for every grade four, five, six piece you play, you have to play a grade one, two, three. They they have I know the the board has has gone through all of that stuff to to carefully select the program. I know they had to do a little bit of, of back and forth because they, it's not all that writ. It's not all that specific for, for brass band stuff. Yeah. They they have a standard lineup for brass band. Right. So, so, I mean, I think it, it gave them maybe some more freedom, but then some more trouble because they're trying to figure out how to, how to, to fit everything in, into that format. Yeah. I remember when Lexington brass band played at Midwest, we 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 had some real easy, you know, you know, grade two brass band charts on there, um, you know, and and it was part of some some formula that they had where you know for every ever level this you have to and I think you also everything that you play there has to be published and for sale, or with a publisher that's that's demonstrating at the exhibits there, at Midwest. You know, which is everybody in the world, anybody. anybody. So, <laughs> right. You know, like right. I, even, I know Philip Spark brings his stuff. I think Peter Graham brings his stuff over every year. You know, Paul Lovett Cooper, like all these brass band guys still bring their stuff over there. Um, so there's plenty of brass band music for sale at Midwest. So the, when does uh, Midwest, I just, I can't even remember. When does it normally take place? It's always the weekend before, the th- Tuesday through Saturday before Christmas. The best time to go to Chicago. It's not. It's freezing, <laughs> freezing cold. You know, do not go outside if you can help it. It's, it's nasty. But, you know, there's like 18,000 conference attendees at Midwest. 
You know, you, like if you go there, you're going to know somebody there, but you'll never see them unless you make plans <laughs> to see them. You know, mm -hmm. and with it not, you know, I haven't been since they moved out of the Hilton. It's been a long time since this, uh, I rarely get to go now because I almost always have gigs that week and that weekend. So it's, so it's, you know, it's kind of a luck of the draw. It's been years since I've been able to get up to Chicago for that. Um, <laughs> you know, but if, you know, until the, it used to be when you were at the Hilton, everybody would, a lot of people would hang out at the bar at the Hilton. So you would just walk by there and you'd see lots of people that you know. Um, but the last time I went there, I was like, man, I hope I see those so-and-so and I hope I see so-and-so. And I didn't see anybody that I knew. And I was like, why? And then I was like, then somebody's like, oh, there's 18,000 people here. I'm like, oh, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's huge. It's kind it is, of a big conference. Yeah. It is so big. Yeah. So I'm hoping someday, you know, I would have gone this year. I didn't have any gigs. I'm thinking this upcoming one. So this one that the, like the, this next one will be my first one that I'll be able to make it to. Oh, that's awesome. Getting out of Florida is a pain in the butt in general, like leaving Florida because it's already a 12 hour long state is, is yeah. kind of a pain. And then getting up into the Midwest beyond that is, is always like, and then also you go, you're in December. It's 72. It's hard <laughs> to leave that, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. You know, we, yeah, we have FMEA good. like right around the corner, which is not a small conference in itself. Yeah. Well, if you're lucky, that 72 will be a 27 and not a 17. <laughs> it could be. But your first Midwest, like everybody remembers their first Midwest. I think, I think because it's, you know, it's such a, you know, a unique thing. We just like, it's so big and there's so many things to see there and, um, and so many great performances and they, they've done it. It's a, it's a, they, they, the process that they have for performing all or pre preparing all the school groups and military bands and, and community groups. It's, it's, you know, it's a system. They have it down like clockwork. So they, I mean, it's such a well-run massive event, you know, that you I mean, you'll see things, you, there's no year that you'll go there where you won't see something that you're like, wow, that's the most impressive thing I've ever seen. You know, it's, it's so great. I remember, uh, for a few years, I don't know if they still do it, but the Chicago Brass, uh, the Chicago Symphony Brass Section was doing a brass concert in Orchestra Hall dur during that week. And that was a massive highlight. You know, you go to, you would go to that and you get a three hour brass ensemble concert. You know, with, with the, the Chicago Symphony players, they would bring in um, players from other orchestras, from the Detroit Symphony, from New York Philharmonic, from, you know, from other places. Um, I remember he, um, the year that I went, uh, Gunther Schuller was there and they did Gunther Schuller Symphony for Brass. That was um, uh, the principal horn, Dale Clevenger conducted that. And just, I mean, the, the, the group just tore it up and Gunther Schuller was there. Yeah, so, I mean, it was, it was really cool. So, so you'll, you know, if you, if you do some research and figure out, you know, what's going on around there too, usually the Chicago Symphony is doing something spectacular right around that time as well. I've heard, well, I've heard some good concerts with them at that time. I'm hoping to use it. So I'm, what I'm hoping to do, because it, it's going to be used as a, I'm hoping to leverage um, my doctoral project and see if I can't get a, a little like grant money from the university to, to use this as a research opportunity for the doctoral project. So, you know, hopefully, you know, yeah. I don't your, necessarily. What is your doctoral <laughs> project? 
I am, uh, so I'm going to write a book, kind of, kind of, sort of, like a hand, like a handbook type thing. Uh, right now it's tentatively called the band parents guide. Uh, you can really think about it as a band parent for dummies type of a situation. Um, I'm friends, you know, we, we all freelance, you, you get to, you know, when you work in a bunch of different band programs and you work with a bunch of different students, you kind of see the, uh, communication differences between every band director. Um, and you also see some common things that everybody kind of does. And you also see some common frustrations that parents have. Um, so I'm, I am interviewing and working with a bunch of music education researchers, um, at the university, um, a bunch of band directors, middle and high school, a bunch of, uh, band parents in various situations. Like if they were in band when they were in school, if they were band booster presidents, if they were barely involved whatsoever and they just, you know, bare minimum for their child, um, everything to put together a handbook of like all of the thing, like if, if you, and it, it'll be digital as well, but essentially like you hear something like here down in the state where, uh, our band directors here love to use FMEA and all state interchangeably because all state takes place at FMEA. And uh, teachers love to throw abbreviations out. And so my parents go, I don't know what he's talking about. And so they can literally crack that open and just go and go to an index and go, this is this thing. But also a section on like, what's the best way to purchase an instrument? You know, is buy, is renting to own a good option is, you know, what's that going right. to do to my credit even um, things like that. But also I got approached to be the treasurer for the band boosters. What's that going to do? You know, what's that time commitment like? Um, because they don't think about it as essentially a 501c3. Um, and like, don't put WD-40 on a trombone slide. <laughs> like, like things like that. Um, yes. That we, you know, we laugh at it, but they don't necessarily, you know, think about or know. Um, and so just compiling that all into a, in, into a nice compact resource that we will or that I will also do like presentations on. So that, and, and it's all just in the name of like, making sure that there is less frustration so that the student can just have the best experience possible. How are you going to get that into one book and not a 25 part encyclopedia? <laughs> it's mostly like, there's not going to be like the chapters are going to be on topics and that it's going to be essentially a big old Q and a type situation and a little bit of an explanation of sorts of things. And then also like a lot of TLDR type situations and then for more information, go to this or check out this resource or do these sorts of things. So I'm not I'm not going to explain every possible thing to them. Right. I'm just going to like try to bring it down to its simplest terms and then, you know, provide if you want to go further indexes and, and things along those lines. Yeah. But it, it is going to be a challenge and it's going to be coupled with a presentation that we are going to take that I'm going to take to. Um, to band booster meetings and stuff like that. The whole, The idea is to go to like. You know, say, you know, you know, JFK High School is having their first band booster meeting of the of the year. I can go in, talk about what the resource has, you know, and do a little bit of a workshop for communication between both parties and, and how they can all work out with each other. And then here's this handbook to help those other things. Um, and it's 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 been fun to go back and talk to like private lesson students, parents who like graduated like three or four years ago. But they were they've been band booster parents for like 16, 17, you know, they, I've, I had a lot of parents who like had four kids and just like one would be a senior when another one would be a freshman. Face them out. Yeah. Yeah. So like there'd be <laughs> schools that just could not get rid of the Johnsons or something, you know, they just could <laughs> not get rid of that family. They and um, 
Instagram. And so I get to talk to them and just be like, hey, what did you wish you knew, you know, 12 years ago? What it, what would what it would have been really helpful before you got involved in this thing? And I'm not going to answer all the questions. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And some it, of the, the Johnson's Johnson probably outlasted three band directors. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. Like here too, band directors are like, you know, every it's it's like high school high school band directors especially seem to be like college football coaches. Like there's always this carousel happening at all times. But where I'm from in Virginia, it was like a chief court justice. Like it was like they would they would get that job and that was their job. They would get that job at twenty two and they would retire at like seventy two. They're just yeah. like, I can't hold the stick anymore, I'm out. Is Virginia Union? I genuinely have no idea. I don't I don't either, but that sounds like a byproduct of unionization. What's also just like you're talking about marching bands that like forty members is giant, but there is and still thirty percent of the school. You know what I mean? Like it's still like we're graduating classes of sixty five. Right. That's why there's reasons why after my graduate degree at James Madison, I moved back to Tampa because I need more people than cows to freelance, especially on this stupid. Thing. <laughs> yeah. In New Jersey, the the school districts are like like three miles square and and the schools are like tiny the marching bands just like you said a lot of them are 30 40 kids and uh out in ohio you know you have 200 easily at these schools in their marching band uh so that was a little bit of a shock to the system when we when we lived out in new jersey to see these marching bands <laughs> they're trying to they're trying to consolidate uh a lot of the school districts um they cover a, a bigger area because so many of these schools are small, but you know, everyone, everyone loves the school that they grew up at. So they also consolidating these go, They also don't want to go 30 miles up the road to go to the, to the school. Well, to be honest, I mean, New Jersey is so densely populated that instead of it's, it's really, instead of going two miles, you're going seven miles, you know, there, because <laughs> there, I, we were, you know, it's a very, it's a very densely, densely populated state. Uh, so, you know, schools are, are jam packed everywhere, but, uh, it, you know, and then we moved back to Ohio and it was like, your school district is six high schools <laughs> and like 25 elementary schools or something like that. Whoa. Meanwhile here, they're like, and especially in South Florida, where I, where I graduated high school, it's like, They'll build a school, and by the time they get done building it, the population has boomed so much that they need to build another one. Yeah, like here they're, too. They're constantly building for the amount of students that they have. Um, especially, like, where I came from, Port St. Lucie, was, like, the what... When you think about, like, the housing economic crisis that happened in 2008, Port St. Lucie is, like, why that happened. Because <laughs> it was, like, the fast... It was, like, the second fastest growing town, but there was nothing there. It was literally just houses. That people were, you could get a mortgage, you know, I, at 14, I could have got a mortgage for it. And so, like, there were just so many kids going to, like, three schools in the county. So, they had to build a bunch all of a sudden. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that's Wake County here in, in Raleigh. It's sixth or something in, as the lar sixth largest school district in the country. There's 22 or 23 high schools in it. You know, it's it's massive. And... There doesn't seem to be any, you know, the legalities of splitting some of it off to make it a little bit more manageable. I don't, I don't think it would ever happen. It would also create probably the biggest educational lawsuit you've ever heard of 
if somebody tried to do a Texas independent school district type of thing there, here, um, you know, it's too big. It's too big to break up. Um, so I, I meant to ask this earlier. When you when you say triangle, like for triangle brass band, is there like a three city thing? Is that like is it Raleigh, Charlotte? What's the other one? Uh, well, more or less, um, the triangle re refers to the what they call the Research Triangle Park, which is a tech corridor that was built in the late '60s, early '70s. Cisco, IBM, Lenovo, you know, lots of tech companies, GlaxoSmithKline, pharmaceutical companies. And it's just to, it's west of Raleigh and kind of east of Durham and Chapel Hill. So if you do kind of consider the triangle, you've got Raleigh, Chapel Hill, Durham. So you kind of got a little triangle there. Um, but the, but the triangle, you know, like sometimes you get like a, the Tri-City area or the Piedmont or something like that. And here they, they kind of give it that moniker of the, the triangle, you know, so everything around here is called triangle something, you know, the triangle brass. Man, you guys, you guys were able to get, you guys got way more creative with your name than we were able to get. Tampa brass band. Yeah. We were like, all right, how many B's can we put in our abbreviation? Tampa Bay brass band. Oh yeah. That's a mouthful. Let's well, you know, what's funny band. is that our incorporations are the triangle British brass band. So we're technically TBBB. B B B B B B B. So many Bs. No, when we when we were talking about naming it, because our you know the so Tampa's if you guys don't know this Tampa's nickname like you know it's a little thing is Cigar City. That's their that's their big thing, and I was like, well, yeah, we can't go well, around with the brass band named Cigar City Brass Band. That's a great <laughs> name for a brass band. If we were a sousaphone, tenor sax, New Orleans style brass band. Right. Not very much for for a British style brass band. Um, yeah, and, if, if uh, you called yourself the Free Beer Brass Band, you'd have no problem getting people to play in it. <laughs> we just couldn't rehearse at the Salvation Army, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> they might have a little bit of a problem with that. <laughs> the Salvation Army presents the Free Beer Brass Band. <laughs> no asterisks, no association with the Salvation Army. Wow, the Army <laughs> has gotten progressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, naming a brass band a lot of times could be the hardest thing about starting a brass band. I mean, you know, I we, think when we were na trying to name this podcast, it was the long. It's it's been the longest thing we've discussed. Wow. Naming in comparison yeah. to anything else, naming anything's yeah. hard. It's funny when we when the Triangle Brass Band organization started our third youth band. The hardest part of doing that was naming it. You know, the, the youth band director and I stood in front of my house throwing, tossing a football back and forth for months <laughs> trying to say, well, we can do this, but then it says this, and what do we do about this? And it took forever. It's like, you know what? We're not starting any more bands anymore because we don't know what to call it. <laughs> All right, then the ultimate question then, Amy, uh -oh. is, is it harder to name projects, things, establishments, or humans? Oh man, I think, <laughs> I think, uh, I think it's probably, I mean, it, with naming humans, you have to, you know, there's, there's usually another person in the, in the mix that you have to, you know, that well, you also have, to, have books that tell you, you know, what the names are. <laughs> right, right. So we, I mean, we went through, uh, I, we had a, a huge long list of requirements for our kids' names. Um, 
and we, we stuck with all of our requirements for my, for, you know, our first kid's name. Um, and then we, we broke uh, a good half of them for the, <laughs> for the second one, because <laughs> everything had to have like, you know, you had to know how to spell it. You had to know if it was masculine or feminine. It had to be, it had to be like a classic name, but not too popular. Um, it, you know, we, you know, we went through all of this huge long list. So we kind of, <laughs> we oh, kind of broke our you, own rules. Let me for tell that. you about a uh, unisex name that has multiple spellings. Um, it makes Starbucks trips really interesting. <laughs> I've seen every spelling of my name I could possibly ever see. Yeah, that that's why Aaron is always a great way to think of it. So that skit <laughs> worked out really well for like Present. two years. No one messed it up. There was like a solid two years where no one messed it up, and then it just was not topical anymore. No one was thinking. I don't know what happened, but uh, you know, and also it was really hard being a graduate student in music performance when the skit you done messed up a ron came out because i would frack a note at jmu brass band oh, no. you know joel collier looks up at me you done messed up i'm like great joel thanks you're the only one who's ever made that joke no one's ever made that joke before you're so original ha 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 now i'm gonna get back to fragile oasis leave me alone on my second baritone part that's hilarious well done a ron <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Present. <laughs> that's that's funny. Yeah. So, so yeah, naming naming things is is a very big challenge. Yeah. So if, if you ever have to start a group, man, come up with the name. Good luck. And no matter what you do, you're always gonna find out. You're gonna find a better option years down the line. Yeah. You know. I mean, that's that's the crazy part. You know, because when you have it's really tough when you have constraints in place you know because you have a youth band we had a youth band program and it was the triangle youth brass band so we had a branding in place already for it so we had to have something that still had triangle in it and still had youth in it so that it fit the the branding of it you know so we had to find that other word we eventually came up with the academy the triangle youth academy band um, but we went through like just about everything you possibly could. But one of the things that also made it possible to do that is that we took one of our youth bands and renamed it the Watson Brass Band. So our, so our, our top level youth band, which used to be called, when I was directing the band, it was the Triangle Youth Brass Band. The Triangle Youth Brass Band now is our, our intermediate band. And our top band is the Watson Brass Band. And we named that as an honor and tribute to Perry Watson who uh, is the founder of the Triangle Brass Band Organization and also the founder of NABA, the North American Brass Band Association. And he was the director of the NC State Brass Band um, and professor of music at, at NC State. And one of the biggest American influences of starting brass, the brass band movement in, in America. So it's kind of cool to be here in Raleigh and kind of just trip into the, the, the very first NABA was in Raleigh at NC State. Um, they also did another one in 94 and that, that's like, you kind of just jump in. It's like, oh, wait, this is a really big place for, you know, for the brass band movement here, here in, in North Carolina. So, you know, so we actually, you know, solved the problem by, you know, by 
naming the band after after Perry Watson, which was, you know, something. And we got permission from the Watson family to do that before we did it, and they they were very touched by that. So, you know, and that happened right around the, right after he uh, he passed away uh, several years ago, five or six years ago. So, <clears throat> yeah. So that now you that just need like a multi million dollar donor. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd I'd start a brass band and name it Red Hat if. <laughs> <laughs> if red hat wanted to sponsor one I, we'd change our name for us for a price that's for sure exxon mobile brass band <laughs> yeah the, the triangle brass band was actually started by a grant from um from capital broadcasting the local tv station here so the original name and you'll see that on the original the older nava things is the wral british brass band oh so cool that, so that was the original name for the triangle brass band in 1986 87 88 and then at some point, um, the funding dropped off from Capital Broadcasting, and they had this form of 501c3. So that's when they became the Triangle British Brass Band. Hmm. But it's all it's all it's the same thing. It's just you know, name change. Probably probably required a uniform change. I don't I don't know. I wasn't <laughs> I, I wasn't around back then. That was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, that was like 86, 87, 88 around that time. And believe it or not. I still have in the Triangle Brass Band some original members from those from those days that started playing in the band when Perry Watson founded it, still playing. Hmm. But my bass trombone player, Harvey, is the only bass trombone player that's ever sat in that chair wow. in the Triangle Brass Band. He's been playing since day one and he's still going strong. That's great. Yeah. You remember that thing when you messaged us and you know, when we were talking, I was like, we should talk about this tonight. And you messaged and I could not remember. That was it. That, yes, that, that was, was it. it. I <laughs> as it. soon as you started talking gonna... about the bass trumpet, I was like, that thing, that was yeah, the I'm thing. I'm not going to repeat what you said it was. I'm sitting there going, what? Was it that? No, that was not it. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's a, that, that, that whole thing was, I, I figured I'd try to figure a way to work it in. And now that I have, we can probably end this podcast. <laughs> <laughs>